0: Jimmy, come on up here. Jimmy, show Jimmy a little bit of love as he makes his way up here. Um, Jimmy's been, how long you been coming? Three. Three? God, like time flies. Anyway, uh, look at you you representing there with the shirt. Available in the bookstore. Got to get the plug in. But anyway... You know, he's Jimmy's so unassuming, and I kind of want to brag on him a little bit, but also just as a, an example and a, and testimony, we got to minister together this week as a result of what you're doing. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit, but just, just so just in passing, he shared with me that he's got a Bible study at his work. He works is it second, third, second or third shift? Second shift. Second shift. Second. He works over in Fairburn and uh, just started a Bible study with these guys, and just kind of nonchalantly mentioned it. And, and I thought it was just a great example of what we've been talking about in this series about how God is building His church. You know, And if you've been in church for quite a while, you feel like that you're not really the Christian that you're supposed to be unless you're in some kind of ministry or doing something, you know, like where you're getting testimonies and all that. And you know, why we should be actively sharing our faith and actively seeking to experience transformation and actively seeking to follow God and be a voice for Him in whatever scenario, I don't know, I just thought it'd be interesting to you tell us a little bit about what you're doing through that Bible study. Maybe we can share a little bit about uh, going over to the girl's house and praying for her and her family. And then I want to pray for you as just your Bible study to be uh, even more fruitful, and for you to be encouraged as you're ministering to those people. So anyway, just tell us a little bit about that, the Bible study, what you're doing.
1: Well, um God has uh, blessed me with a Bible study in- home Bible study, but it involves co-workers uh, of which I believe maybe ninety nine percent of them are unchurched. Uh, they don't know Christ. And the way that this Bible study started, so I'm not exactly clear. It's just something that began to fall into place. They began to realize, uh, I guess, sense the love of God in my heart for them. You know, I didn't start out preaching to them or anything like that, but just uh, being a godly man in their sight, in their presence. Uh, there would be times when they may, wanna, they may talk to me about something or ask me a question because I'm in a... Uh, I guess a semi-supervisory position. I'm not a supervisor, but a, I'm a front line type uh, leader. I'm a production coordinator. And so that requires me to be involved with all of the uh, operators on the work floor. And sometimes uh, uh, it would bring me into conversations with them. Uh, sometimes they would uh, ask certain questions. and. And a lot of times it would give me an opportunity to respond with a godly answer, a biblical answer. And over time, they began to realize that there was something about me that was not ordinary and which was, you know, spiritual. And uh, that would lead to sometimes them asking me certain questions about life, certain things that they were going through, and so on. And I would usually respond to them. Uh, from a biblical perspective, sometimes they <laughs> didn't want to hear it. <laughs> you know, that's all you know how to talk about, Mr. Jimmy, is the Bible. I said, Well, you asked for some advice, and that's the strongest advice I can give you, you know. <laughs> but um, over time, as we continue, uh, to, as I worked with them and, and continued to talk with them about different things, uh, they began to open up more and more. As a matter of fact, one day last week, I uh, had this young man. Um, he had heard about the Bible study. I had invited him, but he had never been. He said he was coming, but he had never come. So it was one day last week, and I had to give him some instructions about the job. And it's very loud in there. These, these machines make a lot of noise. So I had to touch him like this and, and, and speak into his ear, you know, loudly. And when I touched him, he kind of shrugged me off. But I didn't pay it any attention, and so uh, I told him what he needed to what I needed to tell him, and then I left. But later, when I came back in his area, he stopped me. He said, "Mr. Jimmy, he said, I want to apologize." And I said, "For what?" He says, "I'm sorry. He said, I shouldn't have done that." He said, "But I want you to understand uh, the reason I did you like that when you touched me." He said, "I was molested by my uncle when I was a child," and he said, "It's still in me." He said, but that's what I want to, want you to know is I really want to become come to your Bible study. I know I need to. He said, because I want to overcome this. And uh, he has a lot of unforgiveness in his heart for this person, you know. But the very thing that I think gave me God, the reason why God opened this door is because I, I, there's a tremendous amount of God's love in my heart for people. Mm-hmm. I really have a genuine love of God, love for people in my heart, and that came as a result of what you know Pastor Clint has been talking to us about. You know, transformation, and transformation comes through spending time in the Word of God. You know, uh, John chapter one, I think it's verse seventeen. It says, "He." I may not be quoting this accurately. Who? was in the bosom of God, he has declared him. The very person who was the most intimate with God is that person who made God known. And so, through intimacy with God, that desire to make him known, that knowledge of him, that understanding of him, that knowing him, and not only that, but just yielding to his word brings the transformation. And it brings, it caused that love, the love of God to begin to flow up in us. And it has to go out. You, you can't contain it. You know, I know I can't. Yeah. And um, I don't wanna try to contain it. It's the, it's, it's the most beautiful thing that I have ever experienced in my life. And, it, it, and that is just coming to know God, but not only knowing him, but to make him known. You know, I was reading in John chapter 17 recently When Jesus said in his prayer, he said, and this is eternal life, that they might know you. And, you know, and I thought about that and um, I said, wow, he wanted people to know his father so much. He knew his father was such an incredible person that he was willing to go to the cross for him. And, you know, and it made me think how much. Of a sacrifice of my willing, And that, that's, I think that's predicated upon how much I know God. You know, because we should all, as children of God, want people to know God. But that wanting people to know him is rooted in how much we know him. Right. Amen. Come on. Preach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the Bible study has been going on. I've had two. And we meet on Sunday mornings, once a month right now. And the reason why it's Sunday morning, because most of these, they're young people, and they're in the world. So I started out, I said, well, how would you all like to have a Bible study? They said, you know, yeah, I think that would be nice. And so I asked, I said, well, what about in the mornings? Because we work from 3 until 11.30. And so they said, no, Mr. Jimmy, not in the morning. I can't get up. That's, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to get up. So then I came back. I said, well, okay, well, what about Saturday evening? Oh, no, Mr. Jim. <laughs> 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 they got, got other plans. Shop. We got to We got to go. You know, I like to party. I like to do this. I like to do that. <laughs> so Saturday, Saturday is out. So I said, well, that only leaves Sunday morning. They said, well, we're not going to church anyway, so we should be. So I said, well, Sunday morning okay? And they said, yeah. And so we started and I think the first Bible study we had three to come and the second one we had two to come but uh, they're engaged in uh, what we're talking about and uh, we talk about it sometimes at work and there are times, you know, they may want to ask a question and different things like that, but at work I have to use wisdom and so i uh, by the Spirit of God you know, look for opportunities to to just open up and, 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 and speak to them, sometimes just briefly, and then there are times when I can talk to them on the phone uh, sometimes I'm able to give some people a ride to home or to the train station and I take advantage of that time but it's just that uh, I just want to talk about God I just really want to talk about God, I have a uh, a tremendous love and desire to do that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of thought today would, would kind of turn into, I don't know, testimony. You know, I've been packing so much into these teachings lately. If you're, if you're new here, you can go back and watch some of the teaching stuff. But today, I don't know, just share from our hearts a little bit. So tell about um, uh, Anna.
1: Oh, Anna is a co-worker, uh, she's Hispanic, and uh, sometimes her English, I can't understand it that well. But she has not been to the Bible study, but she can see the, you know that I, she knows that I, I'm a godly person and so on. And so uh, about two, three weeks ago, she approached me and she asked me, she says, uh, does your church uh, come to people's homes and pray? And I said, well, pray about what? And she said, well, I have these manifestations in my home. Uh, There are times when the doors began to shake and the windows would shake really hard. And she says, I I become extremely fearful. And at times she's seen shadows uh, in the house. And I asked her, I said, what time does this usually happen? She says, usually around 3 a.m. in the morning. And I said, well, I'm not sure if we have a ministry that does that. Uh, but I'll check, and I can pray with you also. And so I did, and I talked with Beverly about it, and she said, you probably want to find out if she has a history of that happening. Is it actually the house, or did, is it something that followed her there? And so I did go back and talk with her, and she did mention that there was a situation where she believed somebody, a friend, worked voodoo. On her by sprinkling some type of powder and she said on her around her house and that's when it happened so I did talk with Pastor Clint about it and uh so we agreed to uh go there and pray and we went uh when was that Wednesday Wednesday this past this past Wednesday and she has three lovely children I think the oldest is 22 something like that yeah and uh then another son is that's about twenty, and a daughter that's about what fifteen.
0: Yeah, she's going into the ninth grade. Okay, and as we single, began single, single mom raising those kids by right, herself. Right,
1: she's single raising the kids by by themselves. Plus, she's a believer. She believes in Christ. And um, as we were there talking to them, Pastor Clint began to explain to her uh, her position of authority in Christ and how she can take a stand against that darkness and she doesn't have to allow it to be there and during the course of talking with them we discovered that the oldest boy uh, is more than likely the doorway for these things entering into her her home or her life Uh, he did mention to us that first of all he said I have powers and he said that I can do miracles out of this hand and then he began to explain to us about these spiritual beings that he sees. And he has conversations with them. And he says some he knows are demons and some are angels. But <clears throat> we believe they're both demon, demonic. It seemed
0: that way for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so uh, in talking with him, we realized that... Uh, this is more than likely the doorway for the for these things to take place and probably along with the uh witchcraft or whatever it was that was tried to they tried to work on her but
0: it was a very interesting wednesday let's just say that <laughs> yeah the brother then came in too and said that the one he's talking about had been they'd been had been diagnosed with schizophrenia and so they just kind of wrote it off as if None of it's real, and it was kind of hard to distinguish because, believe it or not, I've been in a lot of situations like that, given my own background. God's kind of used me in situations where people, mental situations, but also demonic oppression. And some of it was real, and some of it was probably not real, but there's definitely they're definitely messing with him.
1: Right, right. And so uh, we prayed and uh, dealt with it from a spiritual perspective and uh, what has happened after that?
0: Uh, it just seemed like kind of words came for the family. Yeah. Because they mentioned, she mentioned that um, the daughter who's going into the ninth grade had tried to kill herself. Right, right,
1: that's true. She had tried And to kill so we,
0: herself. so the words came. Yeah, so, um, so they kind of started mentioning some things that they were struggling with and you know we prayed collectively and then then that love rose up, you know, it just felt like, man, you just your heart breaks for people in this situation, you know and so so while we were praying for them, and this is how it works, and you know, would you say that you're perfect do you do you do do it right all the time? No, are you the greatest Bible teacher? like do you know all the verses? all right <laughs> me me too, me too, same boat. I'm just willing to stand up with a microphone and run my mouth, you know yeah. but uh. In a moment like that, it just rises up, and it happens to all of us. When you put yourself in a situation where God works through you, it's going to happen. He will, and it's, it's like we've been talking about over the past several weeks. So this is not a, look how great we are. This is, collectively, we got to do this together as a church amen, amen. Um, and be the church. And I do hope that this testimony is a little bit of a poke. You know, it's like, oh, let me... What, where can I take an opportunity to minister to a couple people in my situation? You know, whatever. I hope, just hope it's it's not it's not a it's not a burden on you, but it's you know provoking one another unto good works type thing. Um, but the word started coming, and for me, it's just always going to go to the gospel. You know, just giving them the basic, simple gospel, and so we're we able to encourage the old the, the so the one so they were sitting they're all sitting on the sofa and the one son who has the powers is here and we ministered to him and then the next son, he didn't want he wasn't interested in, you know, you could tell he was like, Who are these people that my mom <laughs> has brought into this house, you know? But by the end of it, they're making eye contact and communicating and speaking and receiving the words and the little girl we were able to really encourage her and and uh, I, don't, I don't remember now exactly what we said to her, but she seemed to receive it really well. And then the mom. Yeah. And the mom, and I went over to pray for her, and it just came out, you know, God's not disappointed in you. God loves you. And just very basic, encouraging words. And so she started crying. She just really kind of, yeah. she started tearing at what he, and it was interesting because the other kid, Started almost trying to create a distraction. Yeah, he said that they didn't like, they didn't like that we were there. And so it was just all that. So Jimmy was kind of trying to minister to him a little bit more. But I was telling her just about how God's not mad at her. God's not disappointed. And she just started crying. And she said, you know, I felt like I'd done so many bad things that God was mad at me. And, and, you know, and you think about that, the simple, simple message of God's love for someone. Amen. In a moment like that, where you're taking time, we went into their home, not to brag on us, but we just, it just, the what the scenario. And you could see, you know, you could see it totally changed her countenance. It gave her some hope. They, as a family, it seemed to be they were lighter, you know, and um, they were I don't know, just smiles on their faces. And it was just a great opportunity to minister it to was, them.
1: It was. It was awesome. Awesome. And uh, last night I sent her a text message. Mm. And I asked her, I said, has your, your son, the one that had been seeing the uh, demons? And I asked her, I said, has he seen any since we've been there? She responded back, no.
0: Wow. Praise God. Give God. <laughs> <and>, <laughs> So, um, you know, single mom, kids, one of them getting ready to go back to school, probably doesn't make a whole lot of money living in an apartment, like kind of budget apartments. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, you know, it'd be nice to be able to bless them and maybe get her a gift card for back to school. So I had you ask her and she said, certainly she needs help. So you guys want to do that? Let's just, you know, do that. We'll. We'll, we'll um, prepare, I mean, we'll get the gift cards. In fact, does anybody want to go shopping for her? Who likes to go shopping and do stuff like that for her? You got to, she raised her hand down here, Adam. We'll, okay. we'll, let, we'll, let, pa, uh, we'll let her do it. Carla. Carla. I, I wanted to call you Parla. Parla. It was like, Parla, what, what it? that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so Carla, you are tasked with going shopping for this. Get with Adam, he'll hook you up. I don't know, what do y'all think? What does it take to go back to school, 150? One, two, more than that.: Well, one's going to school, the other one is working. I think, working, but has some what? 200. Let's do it. For a church, we can make this decision together, right? So 200 bucks, let's do that. She likes T.J. Max Target and what else?
1: Uh, TJ anyway, Max Target: You pray Walmart. and you go where you can get just
0: a couple gift cards.: good to me. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get that to her. I will. Sound good. Sounds great. Do you have anything else on your heart? Um,
1: another thing that happens on the job as a result of uh, my uh, Christian relationship with them is a lot of times I have them come up to me and they'll say, Mr. Jimmy, can you pray for me? I'm sick. I have this going on. I have that going on. And I do. And God actually does heal them. You know, and then that... They spread that word around. You know, you don't feel good. You better go talk to Mr. Jimmy. <laughs> oh, boy. But it's a, it's, it's a blessing. It's, it's a tremendous blessing. It, it brings a lot of joy to my life. Uh, the other day when we were there, that was a joyous occasion for mm-hmm. me, you know, and to uh, minister along with Pastor Clint. You know, I, I learned some things. Uh, I've done, been involved in some situations similar to this. But uh, one thing I did learn is, is how you ask certain questions that would open the door for understandings of what could be going on and, and stuff like that. So I took note of that.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Let's pray for you. Father, we thank you for Jimmy. Thank you for his heart. Thank you for your love that is in him that's just coming out that just can't be stopped. We thank you for wisdom for him. We thank you for more opportunity. Uh, thank you that the word gets out, that these people that he's ministering to are receptive and, are, and, and will receive you and be born again and spread that word. And uh, Father, we just thank you that, that there's no, there are no limits, there are no hindrances on this Bible study, on this opportunity. We just speak much fruit for this Bible study, much fruit for Jimmy as he he pastors these people. Father, thank you that we get to support him and participate. And if any resources come up that he needs, Father, thank you that you have already provided that we can support him as he ministers to these people. Thank you, Father, for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, man. Show Jimmy a little bit of love. Appreciate you, man. So many people out there have not heard the gospel. They've heard about Jesus, they've been to church maybe, they've heard some form of it, they grew up with it, whatever, but not really heard the gospel, not really heard what literally happened on that cross and what it means for them. That God has removed your sin from you and given you His righteousness and no longer holds your sin against you and gives you grace to live worthy of that calling and has an assignment for you in this earth. And that, that's what we've been talking about. So it was encouraging to me that he did that. I mean, unassuming, just the simplest little thing, but it's probably going to change those people's lives, you know? I mean, he's got a guy confessing to him that he was molested by his uncle. You know, people don't just say that in passing conversations, so there's going to be an opportunity for that, you know? So we pray just we pray just wisdom in that situation to be able to continue to be a light. But it's, it's all rooted in this one thing, and that is God's heart toward us. And as you know God's love for you, it just easily spills out onto other people. And then taking responsibility for the fact that God has a place for you in His body. You know, like we've been saying, the foot can't say to the hand, well, I don't belong to this body. And the hand can't say to the foot, you don't belong to this body. The Baptist can't say to the charismatic, you're not part of the church. And the Reformed can't say to the Armenian, you're probably not saved. You know what I mean? It's like if you confess Christ, you're part of the body, amen? And you have an assignment within that body. Your purpose, and that's why he was making that distinction, I'm glad you caught that, your purpose is to be a child of God. God created you because He wanted you as His child. Now that you are a child of God and you're safe in that salvation that He's offered through Christ, now there might be an assignment for you. And as He's building His church, you have a role to play in His body wherever it might be, whether it be standing up here with a microphone running your mouth in public or in an unassuming place in the back of a shop or in his home with a couple of guys, you know, that he's just taking the time to minister to. I I, I love it. I pray you ask God, what does that look like for you? Don't get caught up in God, what am I supposed to do? I say, ask, who do I love? Right? Your calling is not fulfilled in figuring out what you got to do. It's expressing God's love for people, and it's evidenced in Christ's heart. I got one scripture, one scripture that I want to share. This right here, p- pull it down for just a minute. Let me just kind of talk about it, set it up. So it, this, is, this is after Jesus has fed the 5,000 one time, and then another time he's ministered to these people for three days, and there's thousands of people. Can you ima- Just think about that for a minute. What would a, like a three-day crusade with Jesus' ministry look like? You know what I mean? sitting out there, I mean, imagine the miracles that would have happened. Imagine what that would have been like to just sit there and listen to him teach, you know, I mean, just life, just earth transforming. But so that's what's happened, and he's, he's been speaking and teaching for three days. He's ministering to the people. He's all kinds of miracles. If you read this part of the story, all kinds of miracles have been happening under his ministry. And so then this happens, and his disciples come to him, and they say they've been out here for three days, They've not eaten. Let's send them away before it's too late, before it gets too dark, and go get some food. And this is what Jesus, this is, just, this is just his heart comes out for people. So now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat, and I do not want to send them away hungry because they might faint on the way. I mean, you know, there's, there's not really a teaching. He's not dispensing doctrine. He's not responding to the Pharisees. This is a casual conversation, and his heart just comes out about he, how he feels about people. He doesn't, he's, he's concerned that these people that have been listening to him are going to go away hungry, for one thing, probably don't have money to provide a lot of them, that they're going to go away hungry, and they might be weak. He's concerned about their health. He's concerned not just the fact that they have food or that they've heard him teach, but how they feel along the way. If, if they have strength, their health. He's concerned for their health, you know. A lot of times we just think just God's cold and callous and distant and all he really cares about you doing the right thing and pleasing him and keeping him happy. That's not God. This is God. Amen? who's blessed them and taught them and brought healing to them for three days, and then after that wants to feed them because he's concerned for them. That's God. And when you know that God, it just rises up within you to be a blessing to people, to love people. And, and that's what we've been talking about, this idea of cultivate Compassion. You know, cultivate compassion means as you're around people, as you wake up and you go about your day, as you have the opportunity to be around people, set aside the, deal, the stuff that you're dealing with and look at them and think, all right, God loves this person. Do I have compassion in my heart for this person? That's easy for strangers, but those people that you're sharing your house with or your boss or your grandpa or your kids or whatever, you know, for this guy, his, his uncle, You know, he might still have to spend time around this uncle that molested him. You know, once this kid begins to feel God's love for him, he can release that guy. That's what we get to do for people is we get to bring them spiritual food that encourages and strengthens them, helps them become whole through God's love, and then spills that love out onto other people. That is the mission of the church. That is the hope of the gospel, that God loves me, And I can be whole, free from all the stuff in the world and bring that to other people as well. It's really the most basic message you could possibly preach in church. God loves you, now go love other people. But it's real. It's deeper than anything else, and it's what we're called to, and the world is starving for it. They just are. They're starving for it. They They don't even know what they're starving for. And they don't want the church... They don't want all this organized stuff because of all the junk. You know, our, we're running at them, pointing our fingers at them, making them feel bad for their behavior. Not saying their behavior is okay, but we got to get to their hearts. Amen. Amen. And we need to be committed to loving people because what that does is it opens their heart for them to then experience God and bring them into salvation, and then they get to pass that love on as well. Amen. So, I, I'm, I'm, you watch. There's going to be more and more testimonies coming out of what Jimmy's doing. And whatever it is that you're doing, you know, I'm I pedal forward. I keep pointing <laughs> at these guys over here because it's just a very tangible way. If you're wanting to go to a community down in Hogansville where there's a bunch of need down there, uh, Alex and Emily over here have a great ministry down there on Tuesday nights. What time do you start on Tuesdays? Six five, or so? Oh, five. Five to seven, five to seven every Tuesday is the opportunity to go down and be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Working on these kids' bikes, a lot of them don't have fathers. Really, we went down there and did the walk and you walk through that neighborhood, feels like a third world country walking through that neighborhood in some areas. So there's just lots of opportunity. but, But I don't want that to turn into hopelessness for ourselves, like, oh, the world is so dark, there's so much need, how is it ever gonna, you know, love. I always hear that song, love the one you're with, right? Whoever's right in front of you, love them and trust God. God knows what He's doing. Amen? He's gave us this planet. He's working through us. Let's carry His love to other people. Super simple, but that is your place. If you're struggling to know what your place in His church is, your assignment, your role, just start by loving people and then step into the opportunities that are created by that love for people. Amen? Well, let's pray. Father, we thank You. We thank You for Your love for us. And we respond with love for you. And we don't want that love that comes back out of us to just stop towards you. We want to spill it onto other people so that they would know how good you are, so that their hearts would be open to receive Christ, their hearts would be open to know your love through what Christ has done for us. We're willing. Just make this decision in your own heart. I'm willing, Father. I'm willing to be used by you. I'm willing to be a voice for For you. I'm willing to lay myself aside and love people and then step into the opportunity as that love opens doors with people to point them back to you, to point them back to your gospel. And and I thank you for the wisdom and the instruction to navigate those situations, uh, to handle them how you would want me to handle them. But I'm willing, Lord. Just tell him I'm willing. I'm willing to love people. And I will take advantage of those opportunities. Amen. All righty. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Thanks, Adam.
1: Thank you.